This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. For more information, visit AssetBuilder.com. From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de-stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. On today's episode of the Keep It Simple podcast, Janet Griffith and myself, my name is Adam Morse, we're going to be talking about Medicare. Um, We're going to try to give you a bit of an introduction to what Medicare is, how it's structured, and just try to demystify some of the confusion that I think a lot of people feel. I know as advisors, we see that every day with our clients. Um, And we'll get in a little bit today into how you uh, as an individual and maybe one of your family members, if not you directly, um, can kind of get started with this process. Um, We really appreciate you listening. Uh, Please subscribe to our podcast on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening or watching. Please subscribe. We appreciate your time. Um, And as always, if you have any questions or want to reach out to us directly, you can email us at podcast at assetbuilder.com. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Janet, how are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. I'm excited about what we're talking about today. Got Um, a lot of Medicare information in my brain today. A ton, a ton. (laughs) And this is going to be kind of a a Janet, uh, you know, Janet's going to carry us through this episode. She's kind of our expert. Anytime any of us on the team have questions or specific kind of queries about Medicare, we rely on Janet. So we're going to learn about Medicare today. Um, we're going to try kind of with everything with the Keep It Simple podcast. Our goal, I think, and, and tell me if you disagree, but our goal is, um, you know, we're not going to cover every little point, right? Medicare right. is a really complicated program with a lot of ins and outs. So mm-hmm. um, our, our hope is that we can just kind of start to peel back the layers right. and maybe give you a, a framework on how to think about it and maybe, yeah. you know, get you started on that process of what questions should I be asking and then we'll give you some resources at the end where maybe, you know, once you're ready to get started, you can start, you know, pulling those different threads. So, Right. I uh, think that's perfect. That is the bottom line, just to try to peel away all the noise out there, make it simple for you to understand what it is you need to do, as well as avoid the pitfalls or avoid the mistakes that you could make. And I think that's what we're going to focus on because there's so much information, even trying to summarize it. There's a lot of information we'll share today, mm. but there's a lot more out there. There's but, so much. Yeah. And, and I mean, we, we were talking earlier, I, I touched on this in the intro, but obviously in, in what we do every day, our day jobs, we, we come across Medicare questions constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's a really big part of really any retiree's life, right? right? It's a big part of their financial mm-hmm. kind of pie, so to speak. But even personally, I, I know you mm-hmm. recently have gone through it mm-hmm. and, and you've seen kind of the right. complication. Dealing with your parents, your yeah. aging parents and yeah. and the decisions that they need to make. And it becomes more difficult as they age sometimes to make those decisions because either their health is deteriorating, their needs change. So they need a different plan than they're already on. And it's so confusing. Yeah. So it really is. It's overwhelming, mm-hmm. especially yeah. if you don't know. So that, that's yeah. our goal is just kind of, you know, get on that bleeding edge of confusion and maybe some yeah. of that fear because it is so overwhelming. And if we can reduce that a little bit, then mm-hmm. maybe that'll start the, right. that'll get the ball rolling for you, you know, listening that right. you'll be able to kind of get down in the deeper level. So without further ado, just to kind of define Medicare in general, obviously, mm-hmm. for those that don't know, Medicare is kind of a, a part of the Social Security 
high, mm-hmm. such that it's it's essentially a nationalized insurance program for seniors, right? right? And and there are some folks too, not seniors, that are um, getting sure. uh, benefits for whether it's special needs or, or their disability, disability benefits. Sure. But for the context of this conversation today, we're going to be focusing on retirees, right? Absolutely. 65 and up. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to walk through how it was structured, uh, what the different components of Medicare are, mm-hmm. and then maybe how you get started in that process. So, right. Janet, tell us what that structure looks like. How is Medicare set up? Okay. So, ultimately, there are four parts to Medicare and you hear this regularly, most everyone won't be surprised when I say there's a part A, a part B, a part C, and a part D. So what are those differences and what does that mean? So part A is the insurance that you qualify for to receive without a cost if you've paid into Social Security at least 40 quarters, just like Social Security income, which equates to about 10 years of uh, work. So if you've worked at least 10 years, paid into Social Security, then you qualify to receive Part A when you turn 65 for no cost. Part A is hospitalization, basically. Mm -hmm. There's a few other things that it covers, but ultimately it covers if you're in the hospital. There is a deductible and there is no uh, maximum out-of-pocket. So that's something to be aware of. And then Part B is the rest of the expenses, your doctor's visits, your lab visits, those sorts of things. A premium comes with that. So, and it is income adjusted as well. So there is a base premium that everyone will pay. And then if you make over a certain amount of money, that premium goes up. So um, then part C is uh, Medicare Advantage. You hear that on the news or on the commercials on TV. Mm -hmm. Insurance companies are trying to sell you a Medicare Advantage uh, plan. And that really uh, bundles Part A, Part B, and Part D. So Part D is is (laughs) your prescription plan. So uh, most people need a prescription plan, right, as well. That's the different parts, and we'll dive into those a little deeper as we go. But those are the four basic parts of Medicare that you need to be aware of. And then you have to make a choice as well. Are you going to just use parts A and B and then add on a D? Are you going to sign up for part C, which bundles those for you? So we'll look at the pros and cons and which which way uh, might be better for you as an individual. All right. So recap, we have parts A through D. Parts A and B are kind of part of what's called original mm-hmm. Medicare. Original Medicare. Yep. And then throughout time, we, we started getting, you know, as the government is prone to mm-hmm. do, they start tinkering and tweaking and mm-hmm. adding complexity. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, this was signed into law in the 60s. So, you know, 40, 50, 60 years down the line, we see this kind of interwoven web of mm-hmm. complexity that, you know, the original plans weren't built with all that thought in right. mind. And so they kind of reverse engineer these solutions to try to get, you know, anytime you're building a program for tens mm-hmm. of millions of people, there's going to be a lot of unique cases in there. So they mm-hmm. try to build in these solutions for these unique cases. So we're going to try to deconstruct part of that. I think step one is for anybody listening, well, how do I know if it's time for me to start this mm-hmm. process, right? So right. there is an enrollment period. So mm-hmm. um, that period is a seven-month period. It lasts for the three months before your 65th birthday, right. the month in which you turn 65, and then the three months after your right. 65th birthday. Now, we're going to recommend 
when you turn 64, you probably, at the latest, when you turn 64, you probably need to start researching these things. You're going to want to start looking at your health history, Mm -hmm. um, what your projected income picture is going to be, Mm -hmm. at least early on in retirement, as far as it's rational to map that out. And you're going to want to start planning for this. What you don't want to do is turn 65 and start panicking and start saying, well, what is my strategy going to be? Am I part A and B? Am I part C? Am I part A, B with schedules H through I supplemental? (laughs) So start planning beforehand so that when you hit that three-month target, you can start the process so that it is less stressful. We talk about that all the time, just the emotional and mental benefits Mm -hmm. of having a plan, Mm -hmm. of starting earlier so that there's less to do, right? Mm -hmm. These really rudimentary concepts we learn in elementary school, right? right? Don't wait till the last minute, but... When it is so complicated and so kind of overwhelming, it can make you want to drag your feet and just worry about it later. Well, and it's also very important you don't miss that window of opportunity because if you miss it and you don't have a valid uh, reason, according to the government list of reasons for not signing up during that seven-month period, then you will be penalized, meaning they're going to tack on uh, at least 10% to your premium every year for the rest of your life. So that can add up to quite a bit of, of money over time. So you don't yep. want to miss a window by just not, by just being uh, delinquent and in, right. in doing what you need to do to, to be prepared. Now I'm going to try so, to stump you. Okay. <laughs> so let's say I'm still working. Uh-huh. That's fine. That's fine and good. I'm 65, but well, I don't want to stop working. I love my job, right. making good income. Kids are out of the house. Right. You kind of get to work from home. It's not that stressful. Why why start Medicare now? Okay. So if your employer is paying for your insurance, you don't necessarily need to sign up for Medicare right now. But I highly encourage you to still be looking into it. And it's very possible that you want to go ahead and sign up for at least Part A. Um, if you sign up for Part A and you're still covered by your employer, then Part A becomes your secondary insurance and it doesn't cost you anything. So go ahead and do it then instead of risking mm-hmm. uh, missing that. Now, Part B, you don't have to sign up for if you're covered somewhere else. And right. then when you're no longer covered, when you retire, no longer employed, you might have coverage from somewhere else, but you if you're no longer employed, then you're required. That's and right. you have, I think, I think it's eight months after you uh, are no longer employed that you have to sign up for Part B without the penalty. Adopted. Okay. There is uh, one caveat there. If you work for an employer with less than 20 employees, you can't do that. You have mm-hmm. to sign up for Medicare at 65. It has 65. to be your primary. It has to be your primary. Right. Which at that point, kind of why would you keep? paying for, right. you know, the, your, your PPO right. or HMO, whatever it is. And, and that's a perfect example of one of these just, you don't know it until you know right. it, right? If these, your employer's listening. little things that you may not realize that you really need to be talking to either the, the Social Security Administration or a specialist out there yep. to make sure you're not missing something. Yeah. And so. that's why it's so important to get started early. There's a lot of questions to ask. Mm-hmm. And the earlier you start, the more room you're giving yourself right. to find the resources to either get right. the question answered for <laughs> you or to find the answer yourself and to kind of flesh out the whole picture. So let's take a step back. Uh, we've talked about who can enroll. Let's go back to the parts A, B, C, and D and deconstruct mm-hmm. those a little bit. So yep. how are parts? So let's just look at A and B since those were kind of the original founding parts of Medicare. Right. Why are they broken out into two? two components and what are those components? The bottom line is you basically have two options. You can choose 
to stick with original Medicare, which is parts A and B, mm-hmm. or you can choose part or part C, which is the Medicare Advantage. Um, so really what you need to do is understand the, the differences. So part A and B are nationwide. That's one of the big benefits about part A and B. It's very flexible. You can use any doctor in the whole United States as long as they accept Medicare. Um, Your Part C is a managed plan, much like a PPO or an HMO that a lot of us are used to, but it's a network and it's local. So if you travel a lot or if you have homes in multiple states or you are an RV or something like that, then the logical choice seems to be that you would want the original Medicare Uh, because your risk is higher if you choose the advantage. Original Medicare has no maximum out-of-pocket. That's the risk. There's a financial risk, but there's a solution to that, and it's called Medigap, which is the supplements. We'll dive into that in a a few minutes. So you can add a supplement basically to your um, original Medicare to cover that coinsurance, cover that maximum out-of-pocket, Yep. And the co-pays, right? Gotcha. Um, so with Advantage, there are a few other benefits to Advantage that you won't find with the original Medicare, like it has uh, dent- some dental and some vision and, and I don't know, some little things like that, but they won't be significant. So keep that in right. mind. It's just going to be the cleanings. It's not going to pay much. You probably find that now with your managed plans that right. you have. They don't pay a lot. So you need to weigh that in, though, and see. Uh, Medicare Advantage often will be less in premiums than if you chose A, B, and D. Mm -hmm. Uh, Advantage will bundle A, B, and D for you, and sometimes you may not even have an additional premium over what the B premium is. If you go out and buy D on your own, you're going to have a premium with that. So ultimately, you may pay a little bit more if you stick with original Medicare, but if you have health concerns or in the future your health deteriorates, ultimately A, B, and D with a supplement is going to be better coverage. Parts A and B are are Medicare provided. In other words, Mm -hmm. you're not going through an insurance company. That's coming straight from the administration. C and D are the service is covered. The coverage is dictated by the government, right? But they're they're underwritten and they're deployed by private insurance companies. Right. As you mentioned, one of the benefits to see, at least if if I'm a consumer and I'm shopping, mm-hmm. right? Well, one of the biggest factors we shop is price, right? Right. So if I'm out there and I'm you know on one of these online calculators, if all I'm doing is comparing premiums, well, often. Part C is going to look the most attractive, right? Like a lot of bundled solutions. Well, there's efficiency in that bundling. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem is outside of the fact that they're local, right? So Mm -hmm. we have a lot of clients that are RVers. Mm -hmm. They travel a lot. Well, if you find yourself in a different state, all of a sudden, you're going to run into problems. So just another one of those things where you need to know yourself and know the kind of coverage you need. But more importantly, if it's offered through a private insurance company, it, you need to make sure, and this is true of any insurance in general, but especially true here, don't just look at the premiums. I understand the attraction to low premiums, mm-hmm. and you want to find competitive premiums, but oftentimes those low premiums might be low for a reason, right? right. Now, the coverage is the same, but 
maybe you have a new entry on the block, mm-hmm. right? A new insurance yeah. company that's really eager to kind of penetrate the market and do it quickly, right? And so maybe they offer really competitive rates, but, you know, companies are fickle. And right? you want to be aware of that because if you have, if you sign up on a plan with an insurance company that ends up going out of business in 10 years or gets out of the business and sells it off, you know, you're going to have a challenge if that plan's no no longer the best plan for you and their rates start going sky high to get into a different plan because you may have to go through underwriting. So you have to be careful yep. um, about that early on and, and not to scare people, but, you know, uh, I wish I could think of the name of it, but there was a, it was a Berkshire Hathaway company that got into the business about uh, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And over time, figured out that, and of course, it became very popular because who sits on the board? Uh, oh, but, but they sold it off. And then when they sold it off to a different company, that company uh, didn't have very good ratings. And they kind of put this pool of people from the Berkshire Hathaway company into their own group. Well, those right. rates start going way up because they're not in a larger group that's taking in new enrollees, keeping those rates down. Yeah, that's that actuarial component that starts to jack with your rate. Right. So that's why it's important, right? Mm -hmm. Don't just shop the rate. Shop the the company itself. Are they a good, sound company, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's going to serve you much. And I would say, too, especially for the the demographic that we're we're speaking to. Now, I, I I would assume that if you're not 65 yet, chances are you're more tech savvy than, say, someone that's been in Medicare mm-hmm. for the last 20, 25 plus years. Uh, but nonetheless, customer service is a big thing, right? right? When you have claims, if you have mm-hmm. questions about your policy, if you want to talk to somebody, how hard is it to right. talk to somebody? Do I have to get online with a chat bot mm-hmm. and sit there for 18 hours right. to eventually get routed to a customer service? These things are important, especially as you get older and older, and that inconvenience is going to become greater and greater the harder that process becomes. So if you do go with a a part C, just be sure that you're aware of that, especially as we get into these these Medigap. So maybe we should just move to that. Let's let's talk okay. about Medigap. So define Medigap for me and tell me really what it's designed to do. So Medigap, uh, it's Medicare supplement plans. There's 10 of them. Um, I think two of them right now are closed out to anyone eligible after the year 2020. Also, those people are at risk of their premiums starting to go up as well uh, because now that pool of people is closed off and they're aging. Medicare or the government, whoever makes these decisions, right, decided to close those because it covered every single cost over and above Medicare. You had zero out of pocket. Well, they found that when you don't have or they believe that when you don't have any out-of-pocket costs, you go to the doctor for frivolous reasons. So they no longer will allow these supplements to cover 100% of your out-of-pocket. So there are some that cover everything except for your Part B premium, which is about, it's less than $200, I believe, a year, the base is. Those are the most popular plans now for for right. people to to have most of their medical out-of-pocket costs covered with these plans. They cost extra. They are also from private insurance companies, yep. but they are mandated by the Social Security requires them all to offer the same benefits. So if you say, I think Plan N is the best plan or, or 
supplement for me, then you can shop that at different insurance companies. They will all have the same benefits. That is one positive, yep. but that's where you want to look. You, you're going to look at your premiums, but you also want to look at the company and make sure, have they been around a long time? How many people do they have on the plan? How many employees do they have? I mean, that's a telltale sign. If they've got less than 100 employees, they're yep. not a very big operation, right? Right. So uh, those are things to just look at. And there's a service that rates rates them you know, go with the highest rating. Yep. So don't, you know, don't, uh, don't choose one that has a low rating because that means they're not doing a good job for their customers. Yeah. And again, I mean, especially with these Medigap options, right? There's so many of them that it's another area that you really need to mm-hmm. know yourself. Right. Not only your, your health history, but your habits, right? Are you mm-hmm. a typically active, healthy mm-hmm. person? What's your, what's your, your health history, your family medical right. history look like? Because right. These these uh, supplemental plans are very detailed, and so understanding which ones might be the most applicable right. to you and which ones represent likely value or likely just extra cost right. um, is really important. So putting the time to doing mm-hmm. that and cross-referencing these different plans. I would also stress you're not obligated to buy these the, the supplemental options, right. these Medigap options. You don't have to buy them when you initially enroll. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would caution you against, because I can understand, you know, if you're 65 today, well, you're probably a relatively healthy person, mm-hmm. right? If you're an average individual, well, I don't need all this extra coverage. Mm-hmm. I don't need, you know, extended, you know, hospital stay coverage or max out of pocket coverage, whatever the case is. Well, maybe today you don't, mm-hmm. but by the time you realize you need it, well, when you try to opt in, you're mm-hmm. going to have to go through underwriting right. again. And all of a sudden those premiums are going right. to be sky high. So, so yeah, when you initially enroll, you don't have to go through underwriting. Right. So right. So that's obviously the best time to sign up. You're going to get the best rate ever yep. um, for you, for, for whichever one you choose. But you have, I think, 60 days from the time you uh, sign up for Part B to choose your supplement. If you don't choose one then, then yes, you will have to go through underwriting when you try to sign up for one. Yep. So. Yep. And that period, I think, is from like each year when they, mm-hmm. they open that enrollment where mm-hmm. you can make changes or adjustments or add coverage or take away coverage. I want to say it's like October 15th through December something. December 7th. There yes. Coming up here. Right. And and that is for people who are already in Medicare to make changes to their plans. Yep. Uh, ultimately, you can change. You, well, you should look at and possibly change your Part D every year. Evaluate and decide if you need to be changed because those change every year. And you can, you can change it out. So, you know, you might be on a specific expensive drug and you choose your plan based on one that will help cover the cost of that for you. And then they may decide to, to they have tiers, I think, A, B, C, D, tiers. Here's your letters again, right? Right. Different tiers of drugs. And, and most of the lower tiers, the two lower tiers, you don't have to pay anything. But then, the, so they may move a drug to a higher tier that, yep. and so you want to look at that every yep. year. Yep. So, and make sure. Well, let's take a step back and, and kind of try to make this decision tree for people. So decision number one, okay, I'm coming up on 65. I, I guess the first decision I have to make is, should I enroll or not? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So most likely, yes. Most likely, yes. Most likely everyone should enroll in that time period. Um, not sure. What did I, was there a reason someone shouldn't enroll? 
Mm, probably not. I At mean, least in part A. And B. Right. Right. Well, part A. Part, part A. Part A. Correct. If you're still working, you probably don't want to enroll in part B unless part you work a, for a small company. Part then you A, may there need are no to. premiums. Correct. Correct. Okay. So part A, you're 65, get that done, mm-hmm. knock it out. Now, assuming for most individuals you're going to go into part B as well, um, from there, what is the decision tree? What are, Give me the three main things I should be thinking about that says, okay, I'm going to go the part A, B, and D route, mm-hmm. which seems like the, the, the one route. That's probably the most common route. Or I'm going to be a part C advantage route, which mm-hmm. is kind of the bundling option. You know, originally when I started trying to learn more about about Medicare a few years ago, it made sense to me and my brain and the way I was thinking that why wouldn't you choose Medicare Advantage Part C? It's all bundled. It's easier for you. And the premiums generally are less than choosing A and B. I would never choose an A and B without a supplement myself because I wouldn't want to risk that maximum or that. I mean, if something bad happened, that could, yeah, that could financially, yeah. So if you have an A, B, D, or C and, and supplement, then or D and supplement, then your premium is going to be higher than a Medicare Advantage usually. Right. So, so that seems at first glance that that would be the smartest choice. Mm-hmm. But there is a maximum out of pocket on that. It's not significant, but it's there. You're limited to local, your, your network of doctors. Yeah. Um, and if I'm traveling a lot in retirement, then uh, I want to be able to find that medical care and not pay those extra costs when I'm out of town, right? So so I I lean towards that A, B option if you can afford it with a supplement, right? I I think I would agree with you for sure. I mean, I I think, you know, the Advantage program is there for a reason. I'm mm -hmm. sure there are a lot of people that, that that does make sense for. Right. But again, just trying to stress there are differences mm-hmm. and there are pros and cons and understanding where you fall on that Venn diagram mm-hmm. of, of benefit to, to risk is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so where could someone go? Well, what are some things if, if I was turning 65 four months from now and mm-hmm. I've got 30 days to start to peel this onion back, where would you point me to? What's a good resource? Well, number one is ssa.gov, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all the information is there that as we know, government websites can be very laboring. They can be difficult to understand, a lot of legalese, et cetera, et cetera. So there are some other sources that I think would be valuable. Another free source is SHIP Help. Every state has the State Health Insurance Assistance Program. So they also can help you through this decision process with your Medicare So reach out to them. That's a free service. I would caution you to start early. It may take you a week or two to even get an appointment to talk to someone because it's a government agency, right? The other sources are obviously insurance brokers, insurance agents. Not go to an insurance agent unless you are just, I absolutely have to have Blue Cross Blue Shield. Right. Okay, fine. Go Go to one of their agents. I would caution against that. I would shop around um, still. And you could do that with a broker. I think that would be um, a logical specialist that you could talk to, someone that specializes in Medicare, and they can help you find the right company yep. to work with. Uh, but again, I want to caution you that some of those may not be out for your 
Mm. may not consider your best interest. A lot of them do. So find one that you believe is looking out for your best interest and not just trying to sell you a plan. Well, it's not just somewhere from working with an advisor, right? Absolutely. Take the time to ask the question. Mm -hmm. Anybody worth their salt should have no problem disclosing to you Mm -hmm. how they're compensated. So understanding who is actually paying Mm -hmm. them. Is it me? Right. Right. Which isn't a bad thing because if it's me, that means their their interests are aligned with my interest. Or is it some third party that is somehow involved in the transaction? So take the time to sit down, ask them the hard questions. Mm -hmm. If they get offended by it, you know, maybe that that's a sign to move on to the next option. Keep doing your research. Um, But I I think in one form or another, most people are going to benefit from talking. If you work with an advisor, ask your advisor. That's a great place to start. Most advisors are going to at least be in that world. They'll have a Mm -hmm. network of referrals that they, you know, at the very least heard of other clients. Possibly vetted for you. And and have, you know, at least a couple degrees of separation to be able Mm -hmm. to say, hey, I know they do good work. I Mm -hmm. know that they say they they do what they say they're going to do. Um, But... Find that trusted resource. Mm-hmm. Certainly, if, right. if you don't have any any place to start, reach out to us. We'd be more than happy to point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, answer any general questions. But then as you get further down that road, point you in the direction of someone that can really hold your hand throughout this whole process. Right. Because, you know, we always kind of, what motivates us every day is, you know, drawing on personal experiences, mm-hmm. right? Because no matter who we're talking to day-to-day as advisors, there are people in our lives that mm-hmm. we can kind of correlate to that experience that we're hearing through that client, right? right? And of course, we care about our clients on a personal level, but there's always someone close to us that we can we can mm-hmm. think about, right? For me, it was my grandmother, and mm-hmm. I watched her, um, you know, unfortunately pass due to due to cancer of the brain uh, a little over two years ago now. But I I watched, and and I guess in in some way ashamed to say from too much of a distance, mm-hmm. I probably um, should have been even more involved. But mm-hmm. I I watched the struggle of you know. She she lived with us growing up, as I said many times. My mom was guiding mm-hmm. me through that whole process and holding her hand. And I watched kind of the just the difficulty of trying to get claims paid out and right. trying to get you know right. all the paperwork to file. And so, you know, I I have seen from that and obviously from clients that this is a really mm-hmm. important piece. And so to have this absolutely the foundation laid and to have a plan so that mm-hmm. when you get there, it's not a matter of building the plan as you go. It's just executing the Mm -hmm. plan that's already been built. That applies to Medicare. It applies to Social Security. It Mm -hmm. certainly applies to portfolio construction, which is what we do every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, talk these things through, not only with your your Medicare specialist, if you work with one, but with your advisor. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things we talked about earlier that we talk with clients about all the time is, you know, that Part B which is a really strong component, a really big component mm-hmm. of most people's Medicare coverage, that is income adjusted. Mm-hmm. So making sure that whoever's touching your mm-hmm. money is is doing so with that in mind, mm-hmm. right? Every time you take money from an IRA, that's income. So, you know, one wrong move puts right. you up above that right. level. And all of a sudden, not only are you paying more taxes right. on money that you didn't need to, but now I've got to pay more for my premiums all because we didn't communicate right. well enough. We didn't, right. you weren't open. Um, and so a little bit of work and a little bit of planning now and a little mm-hmm. bit of self-education can go a really long oh, way yeah. into, you know, reducing some of that pain and stress later. I know you've had personal experiences yeah, too. You know, and something I wanted to point out that I learned because I've been through a lot with, with being my mother through her uh, aging uh, issues. I think of a better word right now, but sure. um, but we were kind of surprised that Medicare does not cover long-term care health needs. So I want to mm-hmm. throw that out there. It 
It doesn't. I mean, it covers it for 60 days if it's uh, driven from having been hospitalized for at least three, they say three midnights, right? right? right. Then the doctor says, well, this person still needs uh, skilled nursing care for, for a period of time. Well, Medicare will cover 60 days. And then after that, your co-pays kick in and it gets right. very expensive. And if you truly need long-term care, we're not talking about 60 or 90 days. Right. Uh, so long-term care isn't always medical. Sometimes it's just being able to do daily things, right? So that is not covered by this yeah. insurance. So if, if that's something that's important to you or you think is something you're going to want to to need or, or your parents or your parents are looking like they're going to be needing that. Mm. That's a different issue, a whole nother animal. So you might want to consider long-term health care insurance as well while you're yeah. young, 65, well, right? Instead of you know, I, waiting I, till you need it. Yeah. Um, that's such a good point. And I think that's why, you know, anytime we're, we're, you know, we have a schedule of topics that we want to talk about here mm -hmm. and, and they're, and we try to root all of them in things that we're passionate about, things that we right. care about and that we think are helpful. And the reason that we decided that we could talk about anything, right? And it's important to us that we pick things that mm -hmm. are valuable and that we're not wasting our time. And the reason we pick this is because it's applicable to so many people. Mm -hmm. Similar with the last episode we did on student debt relief. On the surface, you might think, well, that's, I'm not 65, so what right. do I care? But, right. you know, I'm 33 sitting here today telling you this has affected me and I could have right. been a better son, a better grandson Absolutely. if I had known more then, me right? Me too, me too. And that's probably true of a lot of people out there, so. I know, I'm very frustrated I didn't have this depth of knowledge yeah. at the time that I really needed to to help my mom with her her decisions. And so, yeah. but, you know. And as that population grows, there's going to be more and more working age people mm -hmm. that are going to be bearing, at least in part, some of the weight of these right. of these challenges that you're mm -hmm. speaking to. So, right. you know, thinking through, even now, thinking through, well, what kind of supplemental care do I need as either part of Medicare or maybe additional coverage, mm -hmm. private coverage right. of a long-term care plan? Do my parents have a big network mm -hmm. of support around them where we can right. kind of patchwork together, you know, a team right. of people? I've seen that Very work. Important. And I've yeah. seen that work really successfully. Um, but I've also seen that not work successfully. Right. That can strain relationships mm -hmm. at a time where you need to be leaning on those relationships probably more than ever. So right. having those types of, you know, you can boil it mm -hmm. down to these really kind of mm, sterile, mm -hmm. mm, I guess, variables and schedules and options. But at the end of the day, you need to have a real mm -hmm. conversation, not, you know, with your spouse, with your mm -hmm. kids, with your support oh. structure. And just be open about what agree. do we want this to look like? 100% agree. We have to be talking about it. Yep. We have to, I counsel my clients on that. I say if there's, if you don't do anything else, talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it with each other, with your spouse, talk about it with your children. Mm -hmm. So that way, I guarantee if your children know what your wishes are, Don't they're going to do everything in their power to make sure it's done for you. Yep. But if you've never communicated that, they don't know. Yep. So we have to be open about these things. It's 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 going to happen. Yeah, there's peace and clarity, yeah. right? Even if you're in an, an, a non-peaceful mm -hmm. situation or circumstance, there's reduced chaos just in knowing my right. march orders and knowing what path I'm trying right. to stay on. So right. I think this is a, a piece of that. Um, mm -hmm. As we said earlier, please reach out to us if you have any questions. Right. Uh, we'd be more than happy to point you in the right direction or provide a list of resources. I think we listed a lot of good mm -hmm. resources here. Janet, is there anything else that, that we didn't talk about that's kind of popping up in your mind that we should cover? Seems like there's a lot we didn't talk about, but oh, of course. <laughs> not sure what that is right now. I would just say 
be aware of the windows of opportunity. The yeah. main one being your first enrollment. The second one being the um, open enrollment at the end of each year. It's not, is it called open enrollment? Uh, October through December where you can make changes. Yeah. Um, anything outside of those windows could cost you unless you have an event Mm-hmm. And the government has a list of, I don't know, maybe 10 different events that qualify you to make a change at any uh, time. Yeah. Maybe if you move, you change states, then that qualifies you to change your Part D because those are state-driven or mm-hmm. local-driven. Um, Part C, advantage, you'd have to change that if you move. Um, so, so there's some different things that could happen when you, if you're not retired. So when you do retire, then that's yep. another event yep. that takes place and be aware you've got, I think, eight months after you retire yep. to make all these decisions. Yep. So. Yeah. Don't, don't make any big decisions without at least considering these things, without at least right. looking at it, having sketched out a path. Um, there's always going to be ways to adjust, but. Like with most things, it's better to be a little bit too mm-hmm. early than a little bit too late. Usually that cost really is going to bear, you're going to bear the brunt right. of that if you're a little bit too late Absolutely. rather than a little bit too early. It will so. cost you to yep. to not follow the rules or the guidelines of, of SSA.gov. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, Janet, I appreciate your time. I really sure. enjoyed the conversation. I fun. hope it was useful to some people listening. And then uh, we'll be back next week with another uh, thrilling, entertaining episode. Awesome. All right. Thank you. If you have any questions for Adam or Janet concerning this topic or anything else, please visit us at our home on the web, assetbuilder.com slash podcast. There you can find their contact information as well as the show notes for every episode.